Thanks for tuning in for this week's message from Lift Church in Anchorage, Alaska. We hope that you'll be challenged to grow in faith by the message and take action to make it hard to be far from God. You can find message notes in the YouVersion Bible app in the events section. Just search Lift Church AK. For more info about Lift Church and how you can get in touch, visit our website at www.liftchurchak.com. Now, let's join in with this week's message. Anyways, hey, welcome to our online people and uh, all of our live streamers and people watching on the replay. Thanks for coming and being a part of what's going on here at Lift Church. Uh, We are so excited to be able to do this. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 23 through verse 22 through 25, it says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. I love verse 24 and 25. This is really key, and, and this is kind of where we're going to live tonight as we wrap up this series. It says this. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified its passions and desires. Uh, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I want to stop right there for just a second and say this. If you're not a believer in Jesus, if you have not committed your life to Christ, guess what? It's all right. We get it. You're all about you. Church family, like when people frustrate you because of how selfish they are, don't be so frustrated and irritated. Like this verse is really, really helpful. Just remember, oh yeah, because they haven't crucified their flesh. They're not, they're they're only worried about their passions and their desires. This is is a part of maturing in the spirit. You know, I find it funny when, when awesome, good Christian people go on Facebook to rant. (laughs) It's hilarious Because it really doesn't show any level of spirituality All it really shows is immaturity Because the Bible says people who aren't followers of Christ Are all about their own passions and their own desires They're all about their own protests and their own thing and what they're doing Don't be frustrated with it Be mature about it And love them Love them Love the protester. Oh, that's so hard. I know that's so hard. But but this is what it means to be spirit-led. This is what it means to be spirit-filled. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, for we live by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. We don't live by what we see. We don't live by the circumstances that, that are around us. This is what real maturity looks like, right? We, we all know those people. They're, they're really well-meaning believers. You know, they've been around for a long time, and, and, and they would like you to believe that they're really mature because they know a lot of Scripture. But here's what makes a person mature in the Spirit is if you live by the Spirit. Do you know? Now, stay with me on this. It doesn't matter how much Bible you know if you can't tell the truth. Preach. That's a good word right there. It doesn't matter how much Bible you've memorized if you can't stay honest and not steal. Like these are simple, simple, simple things. Because if we live by the Spirit, verse 25, 
then let us keep in step with the Spirit. If you hadn't watched last week's or you missed last week's message, we really talked about the rhythm of the Spirit. And we talked about what it means to, to live in step with the Spirit. I, I recommend you can go back and catch it on the podcast on our website or you can watch the replay on Facebook. Because it's really powerful stuff because this is what shows maturity in Christ. Anybody can memorize words put together in sentences put together in paragraphs. It does not take maturity to memorize. It takes maturity to walk in rhythm with the Spirit. It takes maturity to let us uh, crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. That's what makes a person mature in Christ. I, I mean, I, I would just venture to say that there are probably several people who are actually considerably more mature than believe, than some believers, younger believers, than older believers, just simply because they buy into the fact that I'm just going to do what God tells me to do. You know, this is why at Live Church we just believe in the dream team concept. Some people say, well, I'm not really qualified to serve somewhere. I'm not really qualified. Well, yes, you are. Do you love Jesus and are you willing to do what he says? Bam, you're qualified. We don't care what your talent or skill level is. We can work with that. That stuff's, that stuff's easy to do. What we need to see is people who are willing to walk in step with the Spirit. Because once you have a, once you have a mindset that says, I'm going to walk in step with the Spirit, anointing can come out of that. Something that's special can come out of that. And it has nothing to do with your talent, skills, or abilities. But it's all about what the Spirit is bringing through you. Right. So often we just want to use what we've got to make it what we can make it. And can I just tell you that I have never been able to make anything of any significance aside from the Holy Spirit breathing life in it. Right. I'm a horrible like if you want to build a fence, uh, Jack, Jack knows this. He, he doesn't let me swing a hammer at his house because I mess stuff up. I break things. It's crooked. You're like, dude, you're just supposed to put a stringer across the edge of the across the edge of the thing. And it's crooked and it's sideways. And his his deck has like a 45 degree angle if I would have made it right. Because I, I just don't, I'm not good at making things, and that's not my gift and talent. But I'll tell you what, when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, and you walk in step and in rhythm with the Spirit, your skill level, your talent, ability is irrelevant because He can create where there is nothing. He's a creative and powerful God. So that leads us to the question and where I want to land tonight and where we want to wrap up this series is, how does God use imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will. How does God use imperfect people? How many, how many are perfect in here? Good. No hands. I was worried about those liars, but <laughs> thought we might get a hand. So I don't know. None of us are perfect. None of us have it all together. We're all messed up. Goodness gracious. If you'd have seen me on Monday, I was a mess. I, I was hurt. I was frustrated. I was angry. My wife asked me a simple question. I bit her mouth. I bit her bitter out because of my mouth. I couldn't control it. I'm already angry right now. I can feel the anxiety because I don't have it all together. I don't have. I'm not perfect. I can't make it all work. I don't have all the answers. I can't do it all. But here's what I can do: when I live in rhythm with the Spirit and I do what He tells me to do, something amazing happens in my life. I just find that, that, that God does things that I could never have accomplished all by myself. And so while we're answering this question, how does God use imperfect people to accomplish his perfect will? It's this one simple 
answer. It's this one single step. It's not like a multi three pronged deal where we all have to like figure out how we do this. It's just simply this. He does it through empowering people with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit, when you live a spirit empowered life, God is able to take whatever we have and turn it into exactly what's perfect for the moment. If we started in Genesis and just went to Revelation and talked about all of the people that God used that were inadequate, unqualified, and incapable of accomplishing what he asked them to do, we would be here till next Saturday talking about them all. Because the Bible is full of people. In fact, dare I even say everybody that God used wasn't up to the task? With the exception of Jesus. You know, when, 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 when God made a plan to send Jesus, that was probably a pretty good plan. Like that, Jesus was up to it. Everyone else had an issue. We, we talked about this earlier. I was talking with Shivana yesterday, and we were talking about qualifications. Most of the disciples were actually in the act of sinning when God called them, when Jesus walked up and called them. They were, they were doing something horrible. They were messing up. They were, their, their lives were a shambles. They were a mess. And those 12 people ended up turning the world around. Right. So just think about what he could do, what God could do with you if we would just live spirit empowered lives willing to be in rhythm in step with his spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit working through us. And that's why we pray his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I just want to go even one one step creatively further if you'll allow me the latitude and space. I would even say this, and this has been my prayer lately. God, I want to see it in Anchorage as it is in heaven. I want to see your perfect will in Anchorage. I want to see your perfect will in my community, in my neighborhood, in my family, just as it is in heaven. How do we arrive there? It's only through this one thing, and that is being spirit-empowered people, spirit-led people, people walking in step with the series. We did this entire series. We've spent almost like three months going through this series so that we could say this one statement. I just wanted to say this one thing to you for the last several months, and it's just simply this. What's happening internally is more powerful than what's happening externally. What's happening internally is more powerful than what's happening externally. When, when, when we talk about all the attributes of the Spirit, about what it means to have the Holy Spirit active in our life, how He brings about these different qualities and attributes in our life, I, I, I just if there's any one thing that the last three months has taught you that you could grab onto, that you could hold onto, that tomorrow morning when your alarm clock goes off, and, or that Monday morning when your alarm clock goes off and it's time to go to work or it's time to do whatever you don't want to do whenever that next opportunity comes, that we don't look at it and roll our eyes and go, and make weird noises that are, in, you know, inaudible noises, but that we go, you know what? Because the Spirit is in me, I have a purpose today, I can accomplish something because the Holy Spirit is going to bring something out of me that I can't bring out of myself. I'm going to love that coworker. I'm going to love that boss. I'm going to create peace in my workplace. I, I'm going to have patience in my family. I'm going to do, and, and it's not because I'm so great because I can make it happen, but because the Holy Spirit is going to bring something out of me that's going to create a testimony for the world to see. That's what this whole thing is about. That's what being a spirit-empowered person is. 
So I've just been praying this. God, open the floodgates of the spiritual to pour into the physical. Open the floodgate. I'm, I'm the conduit that brings what's happening in the spiritual into the physical. I'm like a water faucet. When I turn on and I'm in, in rhythm with the spirit, this is how well, we pray what, as it is on earth, as it is in heaven. This is, what, this is how this happens. We turn the spigot on, and because the Holy Spirit's pouring through us and pulling something out of us, we are bringing what is in heaven into earth. We're putting that there. And so we, as we do this, we open the floodgates of the spiritual and pour it into the physical. And that's what living a, 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 a Holy Spirit-empowered life is all about. Um, a couple of things that, that, that I want to bring out, if you're, if you're taking notes, also our notes are on the U version uh, in the events thing there. Highly recommend that you do that and, uh, and connect in on the, on the U version app there. But here's a couple of things if you're taking verse uh, up, uh, notes or whatever, you might want to write these, these points down. Uh, I just wrote this. Uh, this. This is kind of the point. There's no real points tonight. So we did six. We did three. Now there's really no real, real points. I know. I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy. No real points. Shaking it up. Going, going crazy. Here it is. This is it. Contents exponentially increase value. Contents exponentially increase value. Right? Jesus talked about this concept in Matthew chapter 23. He had a, a, a group of Pharisees, a group of religious leaders, and a bunch of people who were standing around, and uh, they were questioning him. And, and, of course, Jesus just has this awesome way. I, I really think, like, Jesus and I probably would have got along because I think he was really sarcastic. Right? He would, he would, he would take things that were, like, normal, like, everyday understood things and then he would apply this like really deep spiritual principle to it and then people would be like what are we talking about right now we're talking about are we talking about a dish like what are we talking about and then Jesus like puts the zinger in right at the end and it's like oh ow that hurt uh, th this is one of those moments okay so so Matthew chapter 23 verse 25 through 27 Jesus is talking and he says this Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That was pretty heavy language for that type of day. Like, you didn't talk to these people like that. This, this, is, uh, this is real, this is serious stuff, right? He said, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside are full of greed and self-indulgence, right? The, the, the Pharisees, they had all of these rules and all of these things that, that, that had to be uh, followed in order for them to be holy, in order for them to be found acceptable. And so one of the practices, which was pretty funny, was there was a very rigorous cleaning uh, regimen that had to happen to the, the uh, stuff that was in the Holy of Holies and in, in, the, in the temples. And so Jesus is looking at him and he's like, hey, you've spent this, is, this, and this is so real, right? Because this is like teenage 101, right? This, this, this is how my children do dishes, right? <laughs> So they'll grab the bowl and they'll wash the outside of it and it doesn't matter really what's on the inside. Like there's still a ring of milk from the cereal on the inside. But as long as they like rinsed it and washed the outside, then they like put it to dry. And like that was, that's it, right? Disgusting, yeah, you said, Ugh, right? So this is what's happening in the temple. So Jesus says, you, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but the inside's full of greed and indulgence. Jesus isn't really talking about cups and dishes. If you didn't catch that. He's not, he's, he's not really talking about cups and dishes because then he qualifies that. He says, <laughs> but the inside is full of greed and self-indulgence. 
blind Pharisees. First, clean the inside of the cup so that the outside of it may also become clean. The Pharisees weren't getting it. They didn't understand. They, they were dense. So he continues, verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He slaps them upside the face again. He says, you're like whitewashed tombs. They appear beautiful on the outside, but on the inside is full of bones of dead and every kind of impurity. You're like this tomb that's been painted and spruced up, right? It's that old saying, you can't put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> this is what Jesus is talking about. You want the outside to look great, but on the inside it's filthy and it's disgusting. I, I was trying to like really understand this, and, and I, think it's, I think it's fairly easy to understand this, but I really needed in my brain a way to bring this to, um, to life. And so I wanted to I wanted to present to you this my, my own analogy of Jesus' take in the 21st century. I think I think Jesus might have said this if you if you were here with us today. He would have said, Hey church, woe to you who order a pizza without a box. What? Okay, help me help. Maybe. I ordered a pizza right before service. The delivery man came in, brought it. And uh, here's, here's the thing about pizza delivery. It comes in a box, and we expect that. But could you imagine? Now I got a pizza. And you order a pizza, and I show up to your door, and this is not because we've had worship and stuff, so it's not like dripping and hot like it could be. But could you imagine ordering a pizza that didn't come in a box? Cheese is dripping down. The grease is dropping on your floor. You have no clue where that delivery man's hand has been. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, that's and you like you get to your door and you answer your door and you're hungry and you're ready for some pizza and here and here's your pizza. How much are you willing to pay for this pizza? Not enough. Not enough. That's a great answer. That's a great response. Why? Why 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 is that? Here, here's why. Because the container is important. The container is important, but here's the trick. The container is not the most important because this box by itself is about I don't know what maybe a quarter what is a what does a pizza company pay for this a, a quarter maybe right because they order them in bulk this is you could go in fact if you went to a, a, a pizza company and asked for just a box they'd probably even give you one for free if you ask real nice because the container while it's not super valuable it's important but what makes the box exponentially more valuable is the contents. So can, are you starting to see where I'm going with this? Are you starting to understand this? See, it's not that you're so special, but when you walk in step with the Spirit, it's not what's going on within you. It's not, our, it's not what's happening outside of you or what you're capable of doing because this box is capable of very little, nor is it very valuable. But I'll tell you what, when a pizza man shows up with a hot, fresh pizza in a box waiting, ready to go, it makes it very valuable. And you're willing to pay 14, 15, whatever dollars plus tip for the guy who brought it to you because you want it to be there. Because the box 
is important. The, 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 the vessel, the content delivery method is important. Here's what we want out of our boxes. We just want it to be clean on the inside and ready to go. Right? If you flip open the box and there's, you know, somebody's hawk loogies in there and there's, it's, right? You're not, you're not excited about the contents of the box anymore. We, he, <laughs> man, that really got, that, that got a little crazy. <laughs> Understand what I'm trying to say. All we want out of our container is just that it's ready and that it's clean. On the inside. This is what Jesus is trying to say. This is the spiritual principle Jesus is trying to tell the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders of that time. I think it's what he's trying to tell the church today. Listen, listen, all I need is you, it's just a vessel that's ready and that's clean. Like we just need a dish that's clean on the inside. Somebody that's willing and ready to be used to be filled by something that makes the whole so much more valuable than it could ever be. On its own. The box is important. It's just not the most important thing. The box is just the delivery mechanism that gets the product where it needs to go. Right? The, the, the box is just the, the delivery mechanism that gets the product where it needs to go. That's how our lives are. We are the delivery mechanism that brings the spirit, that brings the spiritual into the physical. We're the delivery mechanism. How, how, how does people know that, that they're loved? Because people are filled with the Holy Spirit being the delivery mechanism of God's love. How does peace get on the word, on, on earth? Do, do, do we just like, are we just waiting around for peace to happen? No, that's ridiculous because it's never going to happen until spirit-filled people in step with the spirit bring peace. They deliver the mechanism of peace because it's an attribute of the spirit who lives inside of us. We deliver that into the physical, and that's what creates peaceful environments. All of these fruit of the spirit, we're the delivery mechanism that gets it. So how does God bring about his perfect, use imperfect people to bring his perfect will to earth. How do we, how do we see this prayer as earth and anchorage as it is in heaven? We pizza box it. We are the delivery method. God is not just waiting. He's just, he's just waiting for us to get in step with him so that he can bring about these amazing things in your life. That you would be the delivery mechanism that he uses in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in wherever you go. That you would be the delivery mechanism of the spirit of God into those places. So... How, does, how, how do we deliver our contents? We, we, we've gotten to this place where we're filled with the Spirit. We get that. What are some things that we can do that deliver the contents that the Holy Spirit has filled us with and put in, in us? I'm going to go quick because we're going to be done on time as opposed to the last couple weeks. Uh, we're, we're going into this Blessed to Be campaign, and I want to really lay this out for you guys, and I want you to understand uh, what, what this means, what we're, what we're going to do, and how we're going to go about what this what this uh, what this campaign is fully I hope to be able to explain it and if you still don't understand after tonight give me a call shoot me a text and we'll, we'll have a chat about it but here here it is blessed to be we're blessed to be a blessing right God, the Holy Spirit at work in us like the Bible literally says that he gives us that God gives us the power to get wealth right that's a Bible verse I didn't make that up that's scripture 
The Holy Spirit empowers us, brings about blessings in our life for us to be able to be conduits of those things. So when we talk about blessed to be a blessing, one of our core values here at Lift Church is just irrational generosity. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like I struggled with the wording of this because I wanted it to be, I wanted it to communicate clearly, but not understated. But I also didn't want to make it overstated. And I just think that this word is, is it's the right word. We believe in irrational generosity. I, I don't know about you, but I'll tell you what, when I find myself obedient to God in my finances, he is able to do more with what he, with, with what he, he can do more than I can with it. And so when I give to him, when I tithe, when, 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 I, uh, when I continue to be obedient in those areas of my life, it is amazing what he does in my life. We have never, ever gone without. It, it's amazing. You know, we talk about tithe in the Bible as far as a biblical sense. The word tithe technically means 10%. That's, that's its origin of the word and where it comes. And so when we talk about a tithe, they talk about a 10% of our income or, or our profits, however you want to interpret that scripture. I know there's lots of theologians out there that like to argue about it. I don't care. You figure that out for yourself. But all I know is when we're generous and we give, technically the 10%, that leaves us with 90. Can I tell you that God does more with 90% in my life than I could do with 100%? This is, this is the only place in the Bible that God says, test me and see if it's not so. In Malachi chapter 3, he says, test me. Give. Be a, be a generous, irrational, generous giver. Test me and see if I won't bless you. It's the only place God says to test him when it comes, is it, it comes to finances. And so we just believe in being irrationally generous because when we do absurd things that only God can get the credit and glory for them, it's amazing what he'll do. I just go through stories, and, and I don't have time tonight to do it, but just right off the top of my head, the story of uh, uh, Joseph, or Jacob comes into, into mind. And so he's the guy that told the son they were in the middle of a battle, and they knew that if the sun went down behind the hill, that the enemy that they were fighting would all scatter and hide, and they wouldn't be able to complete the fight, and they wouldn't be able to take over the, the city that they were trying to conquer. So he stands up in front of his armies, and he yells at the sun and he tells the sun to stand still. That's irrational. That's, that's irrational. Well, not only is it irrational, it's stupid and impossible. But because of his irrational ability to obey God and do what he was told to do, God told them to go take the battle. Right? He was on direct orders from the Lord to go do this, to go take this battle that he was guaranteed victory. And in order to get victory, he knew he needed some more sunlight. So he stood in front of the armies and he yelled at the sun and he said, sun, stand still. It's irrational obedience. Because when we get irrational, when we get outside of our comfort zone, when we get to a place where we can't manipulate the outcome, God shows up in the biggest ways. Can I tell you, that sun stood still until every single one of those enemies were gone, defeated, and, and, and over with. I, I just can't imagine. Could you imagine standing at the, at the fire, around the, around the fire that night? They're kicking around rocks and, and, and celebrating their victory. And they're, hey, did that seem kind of, that, they seem kind of long to you? <laughs> seemed like, like the sun didn't go. You can't take credit for that. 
And so we're, we're doing this thing with irrational generosity, blessed to be a blessing. So in the month of October, we're going to ask you uh, all across in, here in Anchorage, all across everybody that's part of the Lift Church family. We're going to ask that you be irrationally generous in the month of October. We need to raise $10,000 so that we can ra uh, replace some of this equipment that's borrowed that's going back. At the end of the year, we need to have some lead time to be able to order the equipment that will replace this stuff and get it shipped up here. So we need to make sure that we get that stuff ordered mid-November mid so that it's here by mid-December so that it's all installed and ready to go uh, for, the, for the first of the year when this, when this borrowed equipment goes back. And we know that when you become irrational with your giving, I know it's a stretch. I know it's 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 not easy. It's not it's not it's not something that can just be done. It's like nobody's just you know got thousands and thousands and thousands just tucked away. It's like oh 10k no problem here you go. Some people can do that. Awesome, that's great. I'm not that person. So I know that I have to be irrational with my giving. I know that I have to be irrational with what God is doing in my life and trust and have faith in Him that He's going to bring about a miracle. In our lives. And so that's what we're doing. So this, that's one way that we can do this. Why do we give? Now, now I, I, churches like talk about this all the time. And, and it, it, it is what it is. But here's, here's the thing. We, we say this. We are not trying to be better versions of ourselves. But more accurate reflections of who God is. That's, good. that's what we're doing. Like that's the whole point. That's the whole premise that Lift Church is built on. Uh, this, this, the whole idea of being spirit empowered and the attributes. It's not a try harder thing. It's not like just tr do more, be better. But we're really trying to not be better versions of ourselves, but more accurate reflections of who God is. And the best verse that I can give you, the, the best example, you're like, well, why, why should I give? Why should I part with my hard-earned money? Why should I volunteer and part with my time that I need to be to have downtime? Why, why should I serve? Why should I do this? It's because if we're going to be more accurate reflections of who God is, we have to become irrational givers. Listen, this is John 3.16. This is the most famous verse in the Bible, but it absolutely shows us what God's heart is for us. It says this. You've heard it before. For God, so, for God loved the world in this way. He gave. He, he didn't just give of his overflow or his leftovers. He didn't just give something that didn't hurt or that didn't leave a gap in his life. Watch this. He gave his one and only son irrational Generosity. Irrational. Nobody does that. It makes no sense to do that. He can't replace it. It can't be gotten back. Except for when you begin to be an irrational giver, can I tell you right now, God didn't lose. God didn't lose when he left when he gave his son. He didn't lose because he was able to create a miracle that was impossible. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He fixed problems. He made a, a, a way for you and I to be in relationship all with one act of irrational generosity. That's what we want to reflect in our lives. We want to be those type of people of irrational generosity that create ways for other people. That's why we give. It creates a way for other people to, to come to know him. It creates a way for other people to, so, to solve so many problems, those resources and, and those things that we're able to be blessed with and, and to bless others with. It creates opportunities for the gospel to go forward, which is what God's intent was. God loved, so he gave. So here's what we're going to do. This sound equipment and this stuff that's up here on the stage. We're going to give it. Now, we don't own it, but we've made some upgrades to it, and we're going to give those upgrades to it with them. 
We want to bless because there's another church plant coming behind us that the, that the organization that we borrowed this stuff from, their goal is to plant another church in 2019. And so we want to do all of this stuff because we know, hey, guess what? This works for a church plant. You can have a great church service with this stuff. We want to give it all to them, let them have it, and let them go so that they can be blessed and do that. All the upgrades and the, the different equipment that we put with it to make it to make it work, to make it be a complete system. Uh, when what they gave us wasn't a complete system, we've completed it and upgraded some of the things. Uh, they had some underpowered amps, so we upgraded their amps so that there was plenty of power in the speakers. We, we upgraded several different components, so we're, we're going to give it to them and let them have it because we want to be irrational. Does it make sense that we give everything that we have? No, makes no sense. But we believe in being irrationally generous so that we can see other people come to know Jesus. It's a solution for other people, and that's what uh, the heart behind it and what we're doing it, doing for it. Number two, we're blessed to be good. Or I'm sorry. Number two is uh, we're blessed to be light. We're blessed to be light. The Bible calls us the light of the world. Here's a bold statement. As I've been praying in, in Anchorage as it is on earth, I would just say that Lift Church is also the light of Anchorage. That's bold. I know there's several awesome churches. I've got many great friend pastors that are here. And uh, if I was sitting at a table with them, I'd still say the same thing because I believe in it. I believe in the people that are in this room. I believe in the people that are watching online. I believe in the people that call Lift Church their home. That's the, the, the part of the community, part of the, the Lift family. I believe in us so much that I'm saying we're the light of Anchorage. I'm, it's, it's a bold statement. I know that. But Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. He said this. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that you may see, uh, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. So when our generosity reaches irrational levels, what it allows us to do, it allows us to shine our light brighter. What we're, what we're doing, the, the upgrades and the different equipment that we're using, these resources from our $10,000 is to upgrade. There's some upgrades for our live streaming. There's some upgrades out with the sound equipment and the different stuff because we want our light to shine bright. We want to do some things in, in our community that are going to shine the gospel light uh, of what lift of who Lift Church is, what God is doing here. And, and, and here's the thing. When people start seeing what's going on, some of the banners and some of the, the, the signage and the things that are, that are going to go up and that are going to happen, people are going to take notice and they're going to see and they're going to say, what is going on there? What's happening? Because it's going to be light. We are blessed to be light. People need to see that so that they can give glory to God and become part of the family. The last thing is we're blessed to be good news. We're blessed to be good news. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7. I love this verse. Some people get really weirded about, out about it because it's really about feet, but it's not about feet. Isaiah 52 7 says this. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. It's the good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. Yeah. Check this out. Can, can I just read this again? How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. First of all, can I just say, feet aren't beautiful. I know. You should see mine right now. 
But when you bring good news, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you see in the mirror. It doesn't matter what your self-image is. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. It doesn't matter how unqualified you feel you are. It doesn't matter how broken your life is. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. It doesn't matter how much you, you've been hurt. It doesn't matter who's doing Because when you bring the message of good news to people who desperately need good news, you become instantly beautiful. You're beautiful. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news? The good news of peace and salvation. Do you know when people's lives are falling apart and you say, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. It doesn't matter how broken you feel or seem at the time. You become a beautiful messenger of light in that moment. You become beautiful. I think if people could just grab that. If, you can just, if we could just understand that, people have such, such low self-esteem and the anxiety and the worry and the fear that comes over people and, and they, they, they spend hours looking at themselves in the mirror wishing that their life just could have amounted to something else. If it could just be a little more, why do I always come up short? In a moment of sharing good news, of peace, and salvation. When people's lives are in turmoil, a word of peace makes you beautiful. It makes you amazing. When you speak peace into somebody's chaos, when you bring salvation into somebody's dark, desperate, needy situation, when you just say something as simple as God reigns and he's bigger than this, doesn't matter what you look like, you become beautiful to that person. You become something special to that person. That's what being a, living a spirit-led life is all about. It's not bringing about, it's not, not creating and manipulating with your hands, but it's just letting what the spirit is pouring through you, just pouring that out into the physical, being a messenger. We are blessed to be light. I don't know about you, but I just think that gathering together on a, on a Saturday evening, Hearing a message about Jesus, singing some songs, being in community, being in family, I, I think it could help some people. I think it could make a difference in a few people's life. And really all it takes is just somebody being willing to be beautiful in a moment of chaos to somebody who really needs it. Really being light just looks, looks like, hey, my church is doing this movies thing. You should come check it out. Because here's the deal. You bring them in the door, and the Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. It ain't about what we do. We can have tons of gimmicks and really cool graphics and great music, and we can tell funny jokes and be silly. And, and None of that's important. What's important is that people hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to speak into their lives, to change, to calm the storms, to, to quiet the chaos. That, that's what matters. That's what we're doing. So we're blessed to be good news. We're blessed to be these, this light people that, that, that take what we have and bring it and spread it into our worlds. That's what this is all about. That's, that's this last part. 
of bringing, bringing this. So, so we're asking, we're, we're just asking you tonight to, be, to begin now, looking forward to October, to begin now, taking these cards, taking these, and, and somebody who's in chaos, somebody that needs just a, a moment of peace, to just be able to have a conversation around something as silly as a movie, right? We, 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 we'll, we'll use whatever, whatever we can use to start conversations. People like movies. Awesome. That's why we're doing this, to start a conversation. Have a conversation about favorite movies, right? Here, here, here's, here's, here's the training. Are you ready? This is the coaching. Start a conversation about a movie. Hey, have you seen any good movies lately? Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Awesome. Have conversation. Guess what? My church is doing this thing all about movies. You should come check it out with me. Easy. It's not hard. But you never know who you put one of these cards in what the Holy Spirit, what, what God's going to do in their life. You, you just never know. Maybe nothing comes out of it that time. Maybe you have to have four or five conversations or four or five invites. You just never know when's going to be the moment that God uses you to bring about great change in people's lives. You, you never know. So we're just asking you, be light. Be people that, be people that purvey the light. Be people that, 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 will, that will share share that. Let's pray. That's all. I could go on, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Father, I just thank you tonight uh, for your word. I thank you for everything that you're doing all across our state and across the nation. Father, we just thank you that you are our, you're our provider. You do everything. You take care of us in ways that are amazing. God, I just pray that as we leave this place, we would become people of irrational generosity that we would be blessed to be a blessing. God, I pray that you would help us to be uh, people that, we, that we're, we're blessed to, to bring good news. God, I pray that you would help us to be that purveyor of light, that we're blessed to be light, that we would send your gospel as far and as fast and, and as deep and wide as it could possibly go. God, I just pray that we would stay in step with your spirit, that you would continue to empower us and lead us and guide us in everything that we do. We just give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, awesome. Well, if, if God is working something in your heart tonight, if God's tugging, if you've got something going on in your life, we have our prayer team over here. Please meet with somebody. They would love to join you in prayer. Meet with God. Have that conversation with God tonight before you leave. Whatever the situation is specific to you, if you would like prayer for that, please meet with them there. If you're online and you're watching us there on the live stream, shoot us an email to amen at liftchurchak.com. Um, and then lastly, I just want to draw your attention to one of the opportunities that we have each week to express our heart for the house through our giving. Every time that you give, you make it possible for Lift Church to further the mission of making it hard to be far from God. If you are here in person, there's a few different, you can give in person, we've got our giving box that's back there. You can text the word GIVE to 907-341-4843 for our folks that are online, that works for you as well. Um, or you can go to the website and you can give through the platform that's there. Uh, for our Blessed to Be campaign, you can also give. There's the website. You can text the word give. You can do that there. There's a drop-down menu specific for that campaign or for your giving or gift in another manner. So make sure that you use that. Um, and just finally, thank you everyone who has been supporting Lift Church and the mission that we're on. We could not do it without you. And you make our reach go even further. So Lift Church with that. You are loved. You belong here. Go and have a great week and take some of these cards with you. Have a conversation about a movie 
Invite somebody to come with you. You never know what God will do in their life. You're loved.